0: You're listening to the Open Bible Podcast, where we bring Bible truths to basic principles. We are so excited that you joined us today for another episode of the podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so by following us on Twitter at the Open Bible Pod, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel, The Open Bible Podcast. Or if you have a question for us, send us an email at podcast at NJ dot I'm your host, Richard Moses, and today in studio with me once again is George Riddell, the lead pastor of Open Bible Baptist Church. Pastor, it's great to see you today. Hey, it's great
1: to be here, Rich. I'm excited about what we're going to cover. How do you view your Bible?
0: Yeah, so today we're actually launching into a brand new series, our very first series at the Open Bible Podcast, and it's all about you and your Bible. And so you and your Bible, great, great, uh, great topic. Great, great source of discussion for me personally. Uh, I've grown up around the word of God from the nine days old. I got dedicated to the Lord and, um, I got a Bible when I got dedicated to the Lord. So nine days out of the womb and I now have my first Bible and I know your story is similar.
1: Yeah. I've been in church all my life from, uh, the first moment after birth, man, that next Sunday I was there and, uh, you know, been there all my life, been around the Word of God all my life. But just because of that doesn't mean that I view my Bible properly.
0: Sure. It's, it's a daily thing. It's a, It's a lifestyle that we have to adopt. But the facts are every person is different. Every person's story is different. And so we want to teach you a little bit today or talk to you a little bit today about how to view the Bible, because a proper relationship with the Word of God starts with a proper view. Of the Word of God, and so today we're going to go over some statistics, and then we're going to give you some some really practical takeaways uh, to be able to view your Bible in a proper way. So let's jump right in. We're going to look at a 2014 study of Americans and religion, and and how they view the Word of God.
1: Right. We've got about uh, the, the the stats tell us in 2014, anyway, but about 35 percent of Americans say they read Scripture at least once a week. Mm while 45% seldom or never
0: read scripture. And that comes from the religious landscape study. Yeah, and so that was 2014, which I would I would guess to say that things probably haven't gotten much better. Uh, they may have even declined. We don't have a lot of stats recently from the same uh, source, but in 2014, this is where we stood. Another, another stat we had was that three quarters of Christians say that they believe in the word of God. 8 in 10 Muslims, which is like 83%, say the Quran is the word of God. And fewer Jews say that 37%. 37% say Jew of the, of the Jewish population say the, the Torah is the word of God. So there's three major religious groups that see three different books as the word of God.
1: Correct. Um, and those who may not know, the Torah is just the first five mm. books of the Bible. They don't regard or consider... Any else uh part, any other part of the Bible which we would consider the word of God. They they don't see it that way.
0: Yeah. And that's a staggering that first one is staggering where it just says three quarters of Christians, so people that would claim claim the name of Christ. Only three quarters of those people believe that the Bible is the word of God. Yeah. So they may think, you know, hey, this book on self-help or or this pastor or whatever, that's that's my go-to, versus other than the Word of God, that's a very interesting, very sad, very interesting stat. Honestly,
1: yeah, but they're they're looking at the Word of God uh, just as any other book. Mm-hmm. So what makes it any different? But they say that they're Christians. That's right. really interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. Go ahead. Uh, well, Christians who make up the majority
1: of adults, uh, U.S. adults, seventy one percent, are divided on uh, uh, how to interpret. Uh, the Bible. Mm. Um, Four in 10 Christians, about 39% say that the Bible's text is the Word of God and should be taken literally, when only 36% say that it should be uh, not taken literally or express another opinion. And there's 18% of those who claim to be Christians view the Bible as a book that was written by man and not God.
0: So maybe parts of it... Are, are helpful because, okay, God, God might've been a part in this. And maybe the gospels, you know, the story of Jesus, like we want to, we, we want to adopt that as truth. We want to drop, adopt that as good. Uh, but you know, Exodus, Leviticus, you know, first, second Chronicles, that was just whoever, whoever wrote that, that that was kind of their thoughts, their, their, their thinking. And, and that makes the book something that's no different than, you know, the book that you buy at Barnes and Nobles by the latest author.
1: Correct, and what happens is then um, truth becomes subjective,
0: subjective and relative to right. the to the time of frame and the circumstances of that person's life. Right, and the fact is that since we know, and we'll get into this in a minute, we know that God is the author of all Scripture. Then we know that all Scripture is given in order to help us, and we can believe it as truth, not opinion. Right, and so, and also in twenty fourteen, and this is uh, this is where we really get into okay, the heart of the matter. In 2014, four in 10 Christians, 42%, said that reading the Bible or other religious materials is an essential part of what being a Christian means to them personally.
1: Yeah, an additional uh, 37% say reading the Bible is important, but not essential to being a Christian. And then they say 21% uh, say reading the Bible is not important at all. when it comes to their
0: Christian identity. So just at the beginning there, less than half of Christians believe it's important. And 21% say outright, I'm saved. Right. But it's not important that I really follow, live by, or read the Bible. Then my question for
1: them is, how do you know how to be the uh, Christian? Because the Bible is the ops
0: manual for the believer. Mm. All right. Lastly, we have this. Seven in 10 Americans know the Bible teaches that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 71% of the people know that the Bible says Jesus was born in Bethlehem. A similar share uh, know that that Moses was a biblical figure who led Exodus from Egypt, and 63% could identify that Genesis was the first book of the Bible. 45% could name all of the gospels. So 45% of Christians could name Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John while 39% identified Job as a biblical figure known for remaining obedient to God despite extraordinary suffering. So that kind of gives us a view of, all right, of all the Christians that were interviewed in this survey, which was thousands and thousands of Christians, not a lot of them really know the Bible.
1: Right, and they don't view it properly. And if you don't have a proper view of something, you're not going to uh, regard it In the way that it should be regarded, you're not going to um, accept it the way it should be accepted if you don't have the proper view of what the Bible is
0: all about and how to view it. So the Bible, we call it our Ops Manual. It's how we know how to live out our Christian life. There is a glaring problem in American Christianity that Christians don't view their Bible in a proper way. And because they don't view their proper their Bible in a proper way, they have a skewed view or a wrong view of what Christianity truly is. And I think we see that over years, especially in independent fundamental Baptist churches, they don't they don't uh, dive into what the Word of God says. They dive into whatever this man says.
1: Right. It would be uh, almost like okay, let's read a Bible verse. Close your Bible. And now listen to me, uh, my opinions and things like that. I, that's why I'm so thankful for what uh, our church is called, Open Bible.
0: That's our core. That's yeah. our mission. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's all about the Word of God. Not what I have to say to the people of Open Bible, but what does God have to say to the people of Open Bible? Why? Because we want to know how to live as Christ followers, mm-hmm. and you cannot know how to live as a Christian mm-hmm. if you're not... Seeing the Word of God properly. If you're not reading the Word of God, if you're not applying the Word of
0: God, so when the Apple iPhone came out in 2001, there was a lot of controversy about. Okay, what is this? Is this them trying to get into our lives? Is this them trying to track us? Is this them trying to have more control on us? Kind of like the mask issue that we see today. Yeah. Is this them trying to infiltrate the life? And so for in, in when the when the first iPhone came out, there was this whole group of people who who viewed the iPhone iPhone as something that would not help their life, who who viewed the iPhone as something that was detrimental, that, that did not help them to move the needle forward, if I can say that. But yet over time, because the iPhone has been a product that has helped people in a positive way, it's helped people in the health world, it's helped people communicate, it's helped people get information faster. We have accepted the iPhone over a period of 10 to 20 years as a staple in our world. But yet we have a book who has shown people over 2000 years how to live their lives. And Christians today say, "Ooh, I'm not sure if that's what I need. So we put more trust in a piece of technology than we do in the word of God. Quite interesting, isn't it? It's a very interesting place where we find Christianity today. And whether you're listening to this and you're, and you're a member of Open Bible or you're somebody just listening to this, you stumbled on it to our podcast today. Our heartbeat in today's episode is not to say, hey, if you don't read your Bible, you know, you're a bad Christian. And if you don't view the Bible right, you know, God just upset with you. No, 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 no. That's actually the opposite of our attitude today. Our attitude today is, okay, let's, let's take a real view on the view that we should have on the Word of God. And when you view the Word of God right, now your relationship with the Word of God can become a place where you feel like you are growing and you're no longer stagnant.
1: Right. What we want to do on this podcast is just take a step back and see what God has to say about His Word. Mm. You know, the Bible really is just God's love letter to man. Right. And it's God's heart to man. It's the things that God wants us to know about himself. And the more that we know God, the more that we actually can know ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's imperative, really, to be honest with you, for us to understand how we should view
0: our Bible. Absolutely. Knowing how to view your Bible will start this conversation in a good way. And with that, let's go to a break. All right, folks, it's that time in our show again. It's the Rich and Riddell Minute. This is the portion of our show where we pick our brains about normal life things. And so today we're going to talk about a normal life thing, and that is the wide world of sports. So we got 60 seconds, Pastor, and let's go. Pastor, pro sports teams, what is your favorite MLB team? The Philadelphia Phillies. Wow, that's such a shocker. Mm. Such a shocker. My favorite MLB team, don't judge me, I've liked them for a long time, is the Houston Astros. I like my Texas teams. Okay. All right, moving on, moving on, folks. Hey, your favorite NHL team?
1: Is the Philadelphia
0: Flyers. I'm seeing a trend here. I got to say, folks, because I was there when they started, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. That's my favorite NHL team, the Vegas Golden Knights. NBA. Where do we fall? I think I can guess. Take a guess. Is it something like the Boston Celtics? No, it's the
1: (laughs) Philadelphia 76ers.
0: And for me, we're looking at the Dallas Mavericks. I'm back to Texas again with another team. All right. Last but not least, the NFL greatest sport in the world. Pastor, where do you fall?
1: It is the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Fly,
0: Eagles, fly. I'm I'm with you there, man. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan through and through as of January 2020, and I am looking forward to uh, their season coming up. That's been the Richard Riddell Minute. All right, we're back. Richard Burdell-Minute was pretty good today, huh?
1: Hey, yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: I hope I didn't offend anybody with my answers on the, uh, the sports teams, but... I enjoy sports. What's your favorite sport to watch? Uh, definitely college football. College football. All yeah, right. All yeah. right. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. They don't. They play with the heart and the passion. Ex- that's why I like it. They play with the heart and the passion. It's yeah, true. They really do. All right, folks. We're in a conversation today about how to view your Bible. How to view your Bible. We've established the fact that uh, Americans have a very interesting view of the Word of God, and and in all reality, they have a very corrupt and and inaccurate view of the Word of mm-hmm. God. And it's not something that happened overnight, but it's something that over time, as human beings, we have corrupted it for them. And so, what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring everybody back to the Bible, back to the basics, back to where we know we can trust and we can have truth. Um, and so, we're going to talk a little bit right now about buzzwords in viewing your Bible. Buzzwords in viewing your Bible. I know we always say, "Oh, you know, it's 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 the Word of God." And another mm-hmm. buzzword sometimes we say is, "Oh, it's a, it's inspired by God. It's it's profitable in our life. It, oh, it's a living. Bible it's all of those things but but what do those things really mean and so we're gonna we're gonna look at the passage today in second Timothy pastor and why don't you take us there um, and tell us what all those things really mean
1: well they they're all good true statements what you you said mm-hmm. and that's what good christians say but do they really view their bible that way mm-hmm. and in 2nd timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 the bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness mm-hmm. but the question is but how do you okay we know what the bible says we know what good christians say but how do you actually view your bible Okay, And I think it's something that's reflected in our attitude, which results in our behavior. Right? Our attitudes dictate, uh, many times, our behavior. And mm-hmm. so, as believers in Christ, we need to hold a high view of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to realize that the Bible is more than uh, just a good book to read. Mm-hmm. We got to believe that the Bible contains the Word of God.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I love what you said about your your view of it affects your attitude towards it. Mm -hmm. Anybody listening that is married in a married relationship knows this to be very true. How you view your spouse, a lot of times, almost every time, will affect the way that you have an attitude towards your spouse. If you view your spouse as a chore, your attitude towards your spouse is always going to be one of frustration and one of, I have to do this. Right. But if you view your spouse as a partner... You're going to wake up every day excited that, oh, we get to do this together. Right. And your Bible is no different. You know, if you view your Bible as the the ops manual for your life, you're going to wake up every day excited to get into the Word of God because, oh, man, now I get to find out what to do today. Man, it's so good.
1: Yeah, because uh, many times if we don't have the right view... Um, our our attitudes wrong and then what what are we going to do we're not going to spend time in the word of God yeah see the bible has one overarching uh characteristic it, it's the we could say it this way it's the drama of redemption
0: oh it's really good um
1: and 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 that is has to do with all of of God's uh creation and all that he's done but it's all focused on one thing and it's to redeem God man yeah um I believe that we we've got to view the Bible more than a book that is filled with principles but it's it's a book to develop our heart to have a relationship with God and and to be honest with you how you view your Bible is going to impact your life it's going to impact your life choices it's going to impact the relationship that you do
0: have with God mm-hmm Yeah, your Bible is not just a story of great characters and it has this little part in the middle of, oh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Every portion of the Bible is about redemption. Every portion of the Bible is pointing to the story of Jesus Christ. So uh, for example, Samson, Samson's a great character. A lot of people point him out, you know, he's a mighty man and he had the great strength where he could pick up the the walls of the city and, and he could walk out with the gates of the city and just throw him over the mountain but Samson had a had a downfall his downfall was Delilah mm-hmm. but the story of Samson is not about oh oh stay away from women right. that you shouldn't be although that's sure. a good principle sure the story of Samson is not oh god's blessing upon Samson no the story is god used Samson's life in order to bring redemption to Samson's life at the end of his life. No different than the story of Joseph, no different than the story of Moses. All these Old Testament characters, a lot of times we look at them and say, oh, well, what what can I learn from from Moses? But yet our view should be, what can we learn about God because of the story of Moses? Right,
1: you you mentioned uh, Samson. Uh, Samson reflects the the lack of being the perfect judge and it points us to Christ who is the perfect judge Absolutely. he judges righteously samson was the the imperfect judge and so it shows us the the frailty of man but it shows us the greatness of god moses points us to being he was a great lawgiver but he was imperfect mm-hmm. he he points us to a, a, the greater lawgiver mm-hmm. you know and so the whole story is about um uh, the word of, uh, the, is about the word redemption and, and pointing us back to Christ.
0: Yeah, whenever you read scripture, your view of scripture ought to be, what can I learn about God exactly. from this passage? What can I learn about God from this passage? And so we believe that a person's view of the Bible should not come from a book, should not come from a man, should not come from a pastor, but should come from the Bible. Exactly. And so let's go back to that verse we looked at in 2 Timothy.
1: Yeah. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness. And the reason that we go back to this verse is because we find out the who, the why, and the what of the Bible. Um, We find
0: out... um, you know, where does the Bible come from? It says inspired. Mm-hmm. So all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Inspiration. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we're going to give you a little bit of uh, background on that word. The word inspiration literally means God breathed. Yep. So so what is biblical inspiration? What is it?
1: Well, uh, biblical inspiration is, is all things that are written have come from God. It's not like um, Shakespeare was inspired. No, 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 no. Uh, it, 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 it the, the, the very words that were written were given to um, uh, men to be able to write down because this is what God wanted mm-hmm. us to know about himself.
0: It's no different than, Pastor, you have a secretary, you know, people that maybe are working in the business world listening to this, you have a secretary, Yep. And and with that secretary, there's a whole lot of days where you're like, hey, you know, I, I've written all these things out and maybe I've even recorded some voice memos on my phone to send to you. And, and what I'd like you to do is take what I've written out on paper or recorded in this voice memo. I'd like you to type it out mm-hmm. so that way we can be able to send it out to the people. Correct. That is what inspiration at its very basic core is. God had all these men. <laughs> that wrote the Bible, and they were almost like his his secretaries, if I yeah. can say it that way. Yeah. And he said, "Guys, guys, this is what I want my people to know." And so he said, "Write down these words." So Paul, yes, he wrote a lot of the Bible, but Paul's words are not what we read; it's God's words through Paul. Exactly, exactly. So I think
1: we need to ask the question. Uh, we could go back; it's almost redundant, but why is the Bible important? Well, it's from. God. Yeah, that's why it's important. It, it's beneficial. Um, it, it it's profitable. It what he's saying is it has value. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're given four aspects of the value of the Bible and. Uh, I think
0: the first thing it, it mentions, it mentions doctrine. Mm. And, and what is, what's doctrine? So doctrine is how we teach or what we teach on something. So everybody has a, a kind of system or, or kind of belief, but through the Bible, we learn the doctrine of theology, who God is. And so when somebody has a correct view of the Bible, they view the Bible as the story of who God is. And so our doctrine is what we believe about the Bible. That is what our doctrine is. Uh,
1: What we believe about the Bible and what we believe about God.
0: Exactly. What we believe about God as well. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Um, And then he says, so we're given four aspects to the value of the Bible. It it tells us what we are to believe, right? Right. right. So it lets us know what we are to believe. There's all different kinds of beliefs out there. And some of them are really wacky. Mm -hmm. uh, And and some of them, okay. Um, For example, I think most people believe in gravity, right? Right. That's a good thing, right? Right. Okay, if you don't believe in gravity, uh, that could cost you. Right, right. So believing in something is good, but believing in the right thing is better. Absolutely, and that's what doctrine is. But then it says, secondly, reproof. So four aspects of the value of the Bible: it teaches us what to believe, and then reproof. That is, it it, it helps us combat error, to refute error, to state what is is wrong. It's it's to rebuke. So that way we can know.
0: What not to do. Right. So it's not necessarily reproof as in oh, I'm coming down on you so hard. It's right. just telling us, hey, a good principle of life is being a good steward of what God's given you. Because what? Faithful is he who is a good steward. That's what the Bible tells us. What is found in a man? That is that he is a good steward. And so that's a great example of reproof. God wants us to be a steward. God wants us to be faithful to our spouse. That's a good principle of reproof that the Bible says. The problem is. A lot of people over the years have skewed their view of the Bible. Therefore, their view of reproof has been skewed. And so instead of being life principles that are at our core, like how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to manage your money, instead the conversation has shifted into, okay, well, what what kind of music is good for our church service? Right. What kind of Bible is good for us to read? What kind of dress standard should we have? And the fact of the matter is, folks, the Bible doesn't talk about specifics in those things. But the Bible talks about principles to live by in those things.
1: Yeah, I think, and, and another way that we can even take it up another level for reproof, since the Bible is to teach us about God, it's our ops manual, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it teaches us what to believe. And it's God's love letter to us. As Christians, our responsibility is to please God in all that we do. Right. So what reproof is, It's it, it, you could say it this way. It's saying it's teaching us what not to do in order to please God and because we love God and God loves us because of the grace that he has bestowed upon us. Mm-hmm. We want to live in such a way, uh, way. You don't want to do those things that hurt your wife. Absolutely not. And so what, do, what does she do? She lays out some things, you know, say, Rich, that, that hurt me or mm-hmm. "or, or um, I would appreciate it if you don't do that. Absolutely. And so would that be a reproof? Sure. Mm-hmm but and it's teaching us all of
0: us the bible's teaching all of us how to live in such a way that we would please god. And I love that because not only does he tell us how to please him, he also tells us when we're we're displeasing him, right? how to correct it. So the next the next portion is you know it's good for doctrine, it's good for reproof, but it also says that it's good for correction. Mm-hmm. And so to correct to correct what is wrong and make it right. Listen folks, if you've had a bad view of scripture Or if you've had a wrong view of Scripture, this is not the end. Right. There is a turning point. If you're listening today and you're like, man, I've had moments where I've realized, okay, what I have been taught was not correct. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Because now you can go to the Scripture, to the Word of God, and realize, oh, that is what I should have been doing. That should have been my attitude. That should have been my view.
1: And that's the idea of correction to... Correct that which is wrong to make it right. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't you do that in a good relationship when you know you've done something wrong? What do you do? Absolutely. You You, go to
0: the person and you make it
1: right. You make it right with them. Mm -hmm. And what is that? That that restores that relationship. That brings great fellowship once again. Yeah. And you see, you see how loving God is in this. Mm-hmm. He wants you to know the right things. Mm-hmm. He wants you to live the right way. He wants you to be able to correct those things that might be wrong in your fellowship with Him. Why? Because He desires that fellowship with you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have lastly instruction and in righteousness. This is a big one. Yeah, it teaches uh, it teaches us
0: what is right. Yeah. Okay. So let me back up there real quick. The Bible the Bible teaches us what is right. Correct. Correct. So if you follow that line of thinking, then if it's not in the Bible and we say it's right, it is not biblical. It is preferential. Exactly. And there
1: has been a lot of things out there that have been taught as Bible that are really preferential.
0: And so it's not bad to have preferences. In fact, I think God created us to have preferences. He's created us in the image of God. He's also created us uh, different personalities and, and likes and dislikes. It's not bad to have preferences. What is bad is when we put our preferences above the instruction in righteousness. Exactly. And so if you can't find it in the Bible, then you can't take it to the bank as fact. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, there—grant uh, granted, there are principles that we should live by, and there are sure. principles that, that we can— uh, Glean from the Bible and say, this is why I have this particular stand on something or Mm -hmm. position on something. Mm -hmm. But if another brother or sister has a particular position on something that's different than ours, that's where the freedom and the liberty in Christ comes as long as it's not contrary to the word of God.
0: Jerry Falwell used to say, "You know, I will do anything outside of sin mm-hmm. to bring somebody to the to the to the gospel, to the saving knowledge of, of the gospel." I agree with him, and and man, like that breaks down a whole lot of walls. So many people view their Bible in an inaccurate way, which prevents them from bringing people to Christ. A wrong view of Scripture does not only hurt you as an individual. But it also hurts the people that God lays in your path that you are supposed to be Jesus to, that you are supposed to be the light to. Right.
1: Because it all comes down to this. How you view your Bible will determine the direction of your life. Absolutely. No doubt about it. You can boil it all down to that. How you view your Bible. That's why this is so important. Will, not maybe, will determine the direction
0: of your life. And that's why that statement of the Bible being a story of redemption is so beautiful. Because if you view the Bible as the story of grace and the story of redemption, then now you view your life as a vessel of sharing that grace and sharing that redemption. Your life is not a list of dues. Your life is a list of grace. Your life life is a list of, man, I'm not better than anybody else because Christ died for me just like he died for the guy across the street. And when you bring your, your view of the Bible back to the story of redemption, okay, now you're at a place where you can live a life in the right direction. You can live a life free of all of the clutter of your mind because now you're just focused on grace. You're just focused on redemption. That's right. And um,
1: I would encourage each and every one of us to make sure that our view of the Bible is what the Bible
0: says our view should be. Well, that's been episode one of this series on you and your Bible. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, share it with a friend. Give us a review on the place where you're listening to podcast, and let us know how we can serve you better. If you have questions for the podcast, you can send them to podcast at openbiblenj.org. And again, at the Open Bible Podcast, we bring God's word to basic principles.